Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome to Unbreakable Mental Health Podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer. And one of the things that I love about this podcast is our title sponsor, Carolyn. We get to bring in their experts to, you know, it's a mental health podcast. So we're here to try and help people out between the ears behind their rib cage. And look, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a teacher. Well, I am proudly messed up and learning to be more proud of his messed upness and his scars. And I'm able to give it words. And, you know, just a little word here from Carolyn. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many fellow received the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. What I love about Carolyn Behavioral Health is I talk a lot about, you know, you having to really build yourself up mind, body, spirit. That's exactly what they're saying there. And our guests for Carolyn this time, this is our third guest from Carolyn, is Dr. Jessica Chaudhry, a board-certified psychiatrist who completed her medical training at the University of Washington School of Medicine, residency in psychiatry at Yale, and a fellowship and uh, psychosomatic medicine at Harvard. She specializes in psychiatric disorders, has treated patients with anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorders, substance use disorders, bipolar disorders, basically everything that I've gone through, among other psychiatric conditions. And she has an expertise in caring for patients with comorbid psychiatric and complex medical problems and has cared for patients across the lifespan. She is the, the National Accounts Medical Director, Carolyn Behavioral Health, and a fellow of the American Psychiatric Association. How'd I do there? That is quite a mouthful, isn't it? Right? Like, you did I'm, great. I'm, I'm you your hype man. You need me around all the time. I'm your hype man. Thank you. I, I surely do. I should take advantage of that offer. Just so you know a little bit about me, I have clinical depression, insomnia, ADHD, anxiety. Doctors keep going back and forth on the bipolar or not. And since I kind of want to choke them out because they can't give me the right answer, I'm pretty sure bipolar is in there too. I think I've been on 36 different meds and I'm just, you know, one of those people who are uh, medication resistant, unfortunately. And I'll keep trying more as they come out. 
because I'll never stop trying. I'll, I'll never give up. So I've had to try and figure out other ways to stabilize myself between my ears, behind my ribcage, get myself out of bed every day. And I thought it was important to do this podcast and to do this book that I wrote, Unbreakable, to give mental health words. Because we could say it, we could talk about mental health, but if you don't have the words to discuss it and talk about it, you know, how are we supposed to really advance and, and get the help that we need? So that's, if there's one thing God blessed me with, it's the ability to communicate. So that's what I'm trying to do on my end of it. So I think that we're, you know, I'm able to talk about it because of my suffering. You're able to talk about it because of your school and your success. And then we come in the middle, the two of us together, the world needs a lot more of this so we can help a lot more people. Well, Jay, first of all, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story and for giving me the opportunity to have this platform to speak with you today to talk about mental health broadly, to try to destigmatize. And just by putting some voices out there, you know, just you talking about it, I think will encourage other people to talk about what they've been through as well. And you sound like you've had quite a journey with this. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm wishing you ongoing success with that, but I think it's important to understand just how difficult and tricky these conditions can be and these diagnoses can be to treat, to diagnose and to understand. And, you know, I know today we want to talk a little bit about um, suicide as well. And and it is National Suicide um, Awareness Month this month in September, which is just a really, I think, fitting time to bring some more attention to this topic and try to continue to destigmatize. I know September Suicide Prevention Month, and I think every month now has become that in, in a way because I think what's happened, at least you know, a lot of the veterans that I help and a lot of football players I help in this, I almost feel like suicide has become basically a, a suggested outcome where you know whenever we have a, a veteran, a teammate of a vet, and our group of, of emerging vets and players commit suicide, I always tell the rest of the group, hey, be careful now. This is the time you have to be careful because – you're all going to sit there and say, well, Johnny just killed himself and everybody's pouring out all this love on Johnny. Well, my life sucks right now. I feel unloved. Why won't I do the same thing? It's the power of suggestion. That's what I was telling these guys. Be careful of the power of suggestion. I think that's what's happened is it's almost gotten glorified to a point uh, where it becomes this power of suggestion. Somebody else does it. We have this outpouring of love instead of, oh, no, 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 no. This I guarantee you this person who just took his life is in whatever afterlife you believe in saying like, no, what have I done? I didn't leave, need to leave these people with so much pain. I didn't want to do that. So I, I just think it's becoming so much more prevalent than just the month of September. Well, I mean, you bring up a couple of really important points in that message. So I want to um, offer in, in what you said, you, you said, you know, suicide has become sort of prevalent to talk about, not just in September, right? It's important we talk about these issues. And, you know, I want to throw a statistic out there that I just recently read that I think is so powerful that the CDC just put out there um, a few weeks ago, which said that nearly 50,000 people took their own lives in the United States. Uh, last year, 2022. That is the highest number ever, according to CDC data. And one of the things you talked about, and, and, and by the way, these, you know, these rates, they've been, they've been increasing now for quite some time, really for, for decades. And even in a, in sort of a post COVID world, if you want to call it that, we're still, we're seeing these rates are still going up. And, 
You know, one of the most important messages that I want to convey to you is while suicide can be a very impulsive act, it can also be preventable. And we have built a program um, here at Carillon Behavioral Health that tries to really put people on a better trajectory before they reach a crisis point. And we encourage people to talk about these issues. The one takeaway that, that I hope anyone who's listening to this podcast will take from this is talking about suicide does not lead to suicide. It actually only helps facilitate prevention and giving people the resources that they might need. And so I'm, I'd be happy to talk with you more about the program, but we're tr- really trying to take a more proactive approach before people reach a crisis point. Yeah, I think too many times you see, you're right, when you see someone commit suicide, it's not that they were given a lot of warning signs. They just do it. Those who are talking about it, you're able to get them some help and walk them through and, and get them the proper care uh, so they'll ultimately make that unfortunate decision. Right. And there is there is a bit um, of a difference between prevention, which which we know suicide can be prevented in in some circumstances and also just prediction. Predicting suicide is actually it's quite tough. Even the best experts out there feel, you know, there's there's 50 50 chances But what we've done, and I think this is really cutting edge, is we have um, built a predictive algorithm that's taken into account actually over, over 900 potential factors in which suicide risk is assessed. So what that means um, from from our standpoint is people that maybe have certain um, risk factors like they may be on certain types of medications. They may have had um, prior suicide attempts. They may have been in the mental health care system for one reason or another. Or they have some difficult social situations or circumstances. Or they may be part of a high-risk group of people. You've talked about that a little bit, too. Um, but people may be that have experienced homelessness or have been a victim of abuse or have been treated for anxiety or depression. I mean, these are just some of the risk factors that we look at. And we try to provide some predictive outreach through case management for these very high-risk people. And, And not only do we offer case management services, we also have what we call peer wellness and recovery specialists. And what those people are, are people that have lived experience with mental health issues and problems and have gone through these kinds of of issues themselves, and they can talk to our members and give them some hope. And I want people to understand that. Look, for me, again, my level of depression and anxiety is, is, is deep and dark, and it's from birth, and I don't know any other way to live, so I call it living in the gray. Um, and it's every single morning I wake up, and some nights before or worse than others were like, I will never commit suicide because I'm not going to do that to my son or my fiance. I'm not going to leave. I'm just not going to leave them with my problems. But there's days you, I do go to bed going, man, I really hope that son doesn't come up the next day. And I think a lot of it though, for a lot of us, we are getting confused with mental illness and problems, you know, and you know, our problems are making us feel like 
we have a mental illness, but instead we just can't deal with life. So we're just trying to bail out. And that to me is that's what we can't do. You never know what lies around next Tuesday. You never know when all of a sudden this next Tuesday, your life could suddenly change. Your dreams could change. You can be, I'm 53. I just met and got engaged to the love of my life. It's never too late. So I want people to try to separate their problems from their mental health, you know, illness. I have mental illness and I got problems. Right. And I think they're getting a little bit too confused, too murky. How do you guys go about making sure you separate those two? Yeah, you know, that that's a really interesting question. Let me tell you, you know, Jay, we all got problems. Right. Every single one of us have got problems. And, you know, it's it's like very money diff- problems have become a big reason why people Absolutely. are doing this job. And actually, in some ways, you know, the pandemic has also highlighted these financial concerns for people and has also really, um, I think, you know, with the, with the problems around the, the, the crises that people have experienced in their family lives and their jobs, general ongoing fatigue. I mean, that's also contributed to all of this and the general uncertainty. But you asked, you know, how do we separate problems from mental illness, right? And I think it's really important to have some perspective around this, first of all, and trying to understand, you know, are these problems, can they, can they be solved? You know, and, and, and really trying to put your, wrap your head around that and, and trying to, when I say perspective, what I mean is, you know, for a lot of people, something that could be a relatively small problem or that can be dealt with becomes a very major issue for them. And, and this happens for me too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of isolating myself from this. So you have to number one, really try to keep things in perspective and work through them one by one. It's very easy to become overwhelmed by problems, but if you try to piece them out a little bit, they may become more solvable. Now, what does, what does mental illness look like? Or how do you know that things maybe are not, these aren't just problems, but there's something else going on. And particularly if someone is at danger for something like suicide, when, when you start to see that, you have to think about what are some of the uh, risk factors or the warning signs, right? And what that looks like is, is a change from the norm for that person and that that's sustained, whether that's changes in sleep, changes in eating patterns, changes in mood and behavior like anger or hostility that's out of character or increased agitation or really withdrawing or feeling socially isolated, you know, displaying mood swings. And then when you think more about suicide, you know, are people talking about feeling trapped or being in unbearable pain or feeling like they're a burden? Are they turning to drugs or alcohol more? Are they feeling or voicing hopelessness or suggesting that they have no reason to live? You know, those kinds of signs, especially again, what's different from what's, what's the norm for that person can become very worrisome and can be pointing more towards towards mental illness. Give me some of the tools that you think are most important for people to properly deal with mental health issues. So I'm, I'm always trying to learn, and that's, that's the way for me. Like, I'm, I'm on this journey because meds don't work for me, so I have to find everything else that, you know, works for me. So I'm always willing and looking to learn new things. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, actually you, you talk about meds, meds, meds is it's one tool in the toolkit, right? There are a number of different tools out there. There's therapy and different forms of therapy. And sometimes that therapy doesn't always necessarily have to be with a professional. There's informal therapy that, that happens, you know, with community members, with other friends. A lot of people will say, well, hey, I'm not a therapist, but if you want my opinion on this or that, and you know, those are some forms of helping to deal with what you may be going through. There's also, of course, you know, behavioral techniques that can be used. Um, and that's really different for different people, but it's really important to understand what is most crucial for you to keep yourself afloat. You know, wh- whether that means winding down at the end of the night with a good TV show, whether that means doing some exercise, whether that means doing yoga and meditation and learning mindfulness, you know, that's very individual. But some of those tools like, for example, learning mindfulness really help to build resilience. And building resilience is a very powerful thing when dealing with not only, you know, mental health challenges, but also the general problems that that you've talked about. And of course, you know, if as I always just want to communicate, it's, it's important to, to, to talk about what you're feeling, to try to destigmatize it and to try to get the help that you need. And, and especially for somebody that might be worried about somebody who could be suicidal, you know, utilizing our 988 suicide prevention lifeline is also a really, you know, really important and beneficial tool that's out there. Now, I want people to know when you call 988, they're not automatically sending an ambulance to your house, coming to get you. That's not happening. I just went through this. I actually just did it for the first time. I had somebody call a, it was a close friend of mine who was dealing with her friend and didn't really know the proper things to say or not. I said, well, you know, I'm probably not the right guy either. Um, she said, you have a therapist? I said, my therapist's on vacation. Uh, I said, but you know what? Why don't you call 988, tell them the problem, have them walk you through what you need to say to her. So I want people to understand, if you call 988, you're not automatically having people, police and ambulances come right to your house. They're there to give you the proper guidance as well, correct? Absolutely. And it's just, it's another tool, right? Especially if if someone is really, if you're worried, right? If you're worried someone's in crisis, it's another tool. So those are, tools are just some of the techniques and tools that are available. You know, for many people, as you've highlighted, mental wellness, it's, it's a journey. You know, it takes time to get there and to, and to stay there, right? It takes time and effort, but we've got to keep doing everything we can to make it a priority. For folks out there who, you know, kind of believe their friends and family are suffering through depression, anxiety, how do you suggest that what's the best approach for them toward this topic so they can try to get them to seek help? You know, I think that's a really, really important question. So number one, you know, don't, don't be afraid to ask. So I'll say it again, because this is such an important message I want to get across. Talking about suicide, talking about mental health problems does not lead to them. It's important that you point them to resources, that you're there with them on their journey, but most importantly, that you're listening. 
you're listening to their story, you're offering validation and making sure they understand that they're not alone. And then as we, you know, we've gone through some of the things to watch out for some of those risk factors. And if you do see some of those changes or changes in the norm, and you're really getting worried, or this has become sustained, get help for that person. But I think offering that ear and that compassion are some of the most important things that we can do for other people. Yeah. Every, every time I've opened up to a friend of mine, it's just gotten us closer together. And now for people out there, I think you've heard me say this in the past, the tools I now use when I'm really struggling, I will call four friends and tell them I am really struggling and none of them shunned away from me or shied away. They've all embraced me more. It's made our relationship closer. Then I'll call four other people just to check up on them without telling I'm struggling because that's my way of being of service. And being of service is one of the other tools that I have in my toolbox telling me through my gray. So for anybody listening out there, it's it's a really easy way for you to get yourself in a little bit better mind state, but it, it really goes here what Doc says about reaching out and talking to someone. Your people want to be there. They want to lift you up. They want to be an ear for you. You're not being a burden to them. It actually makes them feel like a better family member or a better friend at the same time. Yeah. And what a, what a terrific story. And, you know, I'll just add when you give back and you provide that service to other people and you show, you're showing gratitude and that gratitude is what helps you build your own resilience too. And that's, that's such a, that's such a great story. I hope people will take that away. Doc, thank you so much. For joining us again, Dr. Jessica Chowdhury, a board-certified psychiatrist who completed her medical training at the University of Washington School of Medicine, also stops in Yale, Harvard, places that I couldn't really spell when I was going to college. So (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you joining us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before I let you go that I did not ask? You know, I, the, the only one, you know, the only other one thing I'll say about all this is, um, When we talk about these issues, which are of such critical importance, we are helping to destigmatize. And that stigma that people still have around mental health is still very powerful. So if we can keep talking about these issues, whether they're in our families, our communities, our social settings, schools, places of worship, sports, teams, If we understand these issues, we are going to have greater and greater acceptance of these issues. And that's really my ultimate goal with all of this. One of the biggest things that's helped me, Doc, is to realize I'm the majority now. I'm no longer the minority. And once you do that, then it really does erase the stigma. You don't have to suffer in silence. You're like, oh, there's so many other people in the room just like me. It doesn't make you feel as different or um, as damaged as I used to growing up. So now I... I really believe I'm in the majority, and that's helped me a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Dr. Jessica Chowdhury from uh, Carolyn Behavioral Health. Thank you so much. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.